Hey everybody, and welcome to the Third Shifter Podcast. I am your host, Judd Severy, and the intro's over. Hey, guess what? I'm going to be doing something very different than what I normally do on the podcast. Uh, well, how should I say this? If you happen to look on the uh, on the Third Shifter Facebook page, um, I gave a hint, and uh, well, about what we're going to talk about today. And well, I hmm, <laughs> we're gonna talk about the history of root beer. You see, I you know we always I'm always you know I do talk have talk a lot of stories about uh, if you really you know I do like uh, stories of the weird, strange, and macabre. Um, I love telling those stories. I like researching those stories. Uh, even some paranormal. I tried to stay away from like ghost stories and stuff like that, only because you know I do personally believe it does make you into a beacon if you're going to really start uh, talking about those and really start researching them. And I I, I don't want to do that. I I like to uh, just kind of stay away from that. I really don't you know. I don't like really looking into stories about the cryptids too much because, I mean, that's another uh, market that's really saturated. And I just, you know, I got my beliefs on them. I really don't want to get into talking about them too much. And with that being said, you know, I do like true crime. I like uh, unsolved crimes i like you know the disaster you know talking about you know events that lead up to disasters i like it stuff like this and uh possibly even some uh, conspiracy theories i i I might jump into a few of those although that could become a a huge rabbit hole and uh we're so with all that being said i'm doing something very different than what i normally do (laughs) I kind of enjoy it. I, I, I'm going to be doing probably more of these in the future. And uh, in all honesty, I kind of got the idea from watching a a show called The Foods That Built America. And uh, yeah, uh, probably now you're probably starting to get the hint. You know, okay, you know, he was in the, you know, on the Facebook page, I was holding a bottle of root beer. Guess what we're talking about? The history of root beer. This is not going to be very long. Um, I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of people out there, other people who can go really in depth on this. But this is just, just I'm doing this for fun. I'm not, you know, doing this to get, you know, all into the nitty gritty and all the, you know, and all the weird stuff that comes with it. But yeah. So that being said, with or without vanilla ice cream floating to the top of a big frothy mug. Root beer is is a very delicious, a very unique North American uh, beverage, and uh, there is some questions about its history, about where it came from, about who uh, created it, and but really, it, it everyone does agree that it was a North American um, beverage. It was more of a uh, how, uh, a, a municipal drink. It was all made from the sassafras uh, roots and bark, and other berries and herbs and so on and so forth. 
Now, when the when the colonists came, they learned about you know this this drink, this uh, beverage that was made by the uh, the natives of the land, and they themselves started making. They, you know, you had some colonists. You know, they came from religious persecution, so the they didn't drink any alcohol. Then you had those probably like more in the Jamestown who came more for you know you know fortune and ex and uh, fame and all that. And they uh, when they came so, but when they came over, they didn't really have any means of making an alcoholic drink. So this tea, as you will, became a, a very unique substitute for that now let me uh i will say root beer is traditionally non-alcoholic or very low alcohol and as we all know in the, today's modern world there are some brains that are alcoholic but they're not you know super alcoholic you know you're, you're not it's not like you're drinking bourbon or wine or beer they are you know, you know, you still got to drink quite a bit of it in order to get it. Now, with all that being said, it's also a part of what was called back in those days. Uh, I believe it was called small beer. Uh, really, it wasn't an ale. It wasn't anything, but they, you can kind of make it. You can put all the ingredients into a little pouch and bring it with you, and you can kind of make it as you go. Now, I want you to think for just a moment, back in that time period, there was no, I don't think they had any real way to for to create carbonation. So this was a non-carbonated drink, all right? So that is the very short history of, of root beer before it was commercialized. Now, with that being said, I believe it was in the, as I was reading in the 1960s uh, after the Civil War. There was possibly the early 70s. There was a man by the name of Charles Heyer, and you, if, if you're close to my age, you know that the last name, particularly when it comes to root beer. That's right. This is the man who created Heyer's root beer, and and I like I, said, I came across a couple of different sources you know he founded in the early 70s late 60s depending on who you talk to but no matter what he was actually some at some sort of an expo and he came across this drink and he fell in love with it it had a wonderful taste a wonderful aroma and that's actually and actually that is from the sassafras plant now remember that is one of the one of the main original ingredients of root beer and that is where it got its signature taste and its signature aroma was from the sassafras. And that's, and Charles Heyer was a pharmacist, a teetotaler, and he loved it. And he eventually uh, went home from this expo, had the bought the recipe, got home, and he started tweaking it a bit. And he actually created uh, what we know as root beer. Now, once again, as I was, I'm doing some different readings and some different uh research on all this and there's several different stories about the market about the marketing of root beer but once again a lot of it was he would actually you know he didn't bottle it right away i don't know if there's just was wasn't a way to bottle it 
but he would definitely take, you know, all these ingredients, he'd put them in these little pouches, and he would sell them for 25 cents a pouch, and each pouch made about a gallon of root beer for 25 cents. That, you know, today, you know, oh, 25 cents, here, you know, I love root beer, here's a tenner. You know, yeah, you know, hey, you know, there's 10 gallons of root beer for 10 bucks. Well, back then, 25 cents, oh, I'm sorry, okay, my math, don't go by my math on that, okay, 40 gallons, Da, 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 yeah, forty gallons for for ten bucks. <laughs> I am so sorry. My math is horrible this today. Uh, but back then, though, twenty five cents that was a pretty good chunk of change. Okay, that's probably that was probably about. I don't know. I I really don't know what 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 it actually what it actually was back then. But at the end of the day, it's you know you take it home, you brew it yourself. Okay. Now, what Charles Hires did was he built his company even more, and by 1893, hang on, da, 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 da. yeah, it was, it was right around it was right around 1893. He actually uh, began bottling it and sending it out nationwide in in mass. So. And I'll, now, here's the thing that I really got interested in when it's about root beer, about who was it originally to be marketed to. Now, please remember, there were still a lot, you know, we still have them to the people today, but you don't hear about it. But there were a lot of people who were very anti-alcoholic um, beverages, alcohol, period. Yeah, you know, you had the women's temperate movement. You had uh, several different uh, religious organizations that they just, or anti-alcohol root beer was a wonderful substitute um so it was kind of marketed to like for those groups it was also marketed for young children who are underage oftentimes root beer would you know in order to sweeten it up a little bit more it was they used honey they used molasses cane sugar whatever happened to be you know probably on hand to to sweeten it up but it's uh, so another uh, marketing area that I I heard about was it was marketed to the miners back then. Uh, and even today, mining's very dangerous, but back then, oh boy, there was a good chance you were going to die young if you were a miner. Okay, uh, and a lot of the times these guys, you know. You had a very long night, a very long, achy, painful day. What they would do is they would go drink, you know, go home, get drunk, you know, hey, I work hard, I'm going to play hard time of a deal. And they were, you know, getting drunk, but they were coming into work the next day, either severely hungover or still drunk. And remember, like I said, back then, you know, we think mining today is still dangerous. Well, back then it was even more dangerous. And so yeah, accidents were happening. So there was also a very common belief that root, that root beer was actually marketed to the miners, but they wouldn't drink it because it was, because at the time it was called a tea. And so this was another story that I heard that Charles hires in order to, uh, to sell it to make it more appealing to the masses and to you know especially the miners he changed it instead of calling it a tea he called it 
a beer, a root beer. And thus, that is how we have the name today. Now, it was only a matter of time before other uh, individuals you know, decided, well, I want to get into this little market too. Charles Hire should not have the only uh, stake in all this. So, another, another company popped up in uh, California in around the eight, well, I am looking at my notes because I am just going on. This was actually at the beginning of Prohibition and it was called called A&W. And it started up in the year 1919 and for those of you who don't know A&W, well, you're living under a rock. I'm sorry. Okay. I grew up with the jingle on TV. A&W Root Beer's got that frosty mug taste. Yeah. Yeah. You just got a little bit of a singing going on there. But, I mean, like I said, I, I got a lot of warm memories when it comes to root beer. Okay. So, this is the beginning of Prohibition. And you have a couple, you know, so root beer is now starting to take off. All right, you can't buy um, alcoholic beverages or or heavily alcoholic beverages anywhere. So what people are doing? So what happens is you have all these little mini root beer plate plants popping up all over the country, with A and W and Hires being two of the real big ones. Okay, now we around this time you you can actually go and get root beer at you know your little pharmacy counter and for those of you who have no idea what i'm thinking well you gotta go to a pharmacist well that was like the soda fountain back then you know you had your little section over here where you can get your get get your pills your drugs whatever but over here on the other side is an ice cream fountain is a soda fountain and that's usually where you got root beer in order to have be in a syrup form whatever and they how you know they would start they would carbonate the water and then uh turn around and you would you know put, put some syrup into it so on and so forth and you had this wonderful little drink pop some ice cream into it you know it's root beer floats are very are, are very famous with vanilla ice cream but i remember as a kid we've also put, put chocolate ice cream into it we put some uh I think some people put some different flavors into it. So, but primarily you put in vanilla ice cream. And, but a boom, bazinga, fantastic. Okay, now, a problem arose with root beer as we know it. Or should I say, as they knew it back then in 1960, you see the FDA started uh, running tests on on sephroli, which is actually uh, a chemical that is actually in the, sass the sassafras oil. Remember, sassafras is the primary ingredient in root beer, okay? And they started running tests on it and discovered that this oil in in large amounts can do permanent liver damage and cause um, different types of cancer and so eventually the FDA actually put a band on using um, sassafras 
in any uh, sassafras oil or extracts in any uh, commercial products because of the dangers. Well, this hit the root beer industry really hard. And so what ended up happening was in order to continue making root beer, we love our root beer. Root beer is as American as apple pie. So something has to be done. So a lot of these the different companies out there that made uh, root beer, they did what they had to do in order to continue making this product, and that was a lot of artificial flavors, um, different combinations of flavors in order to get the same aroma and the same taste or or downright close to it as original root beer. Now, with that being said, today you can still buy some. Um, more exotic root beers that are that are still have the original uh, sassafras extract in it, but it's very hard to come by, and I believe you probably have to order it from someplace. You just can't buy it commercially in the United States. Uh, I am not sure. I didn't really do a lot of research. I think it would be wonderful to see who I can actually, who actually, uh, uh, sells it and actually try it. But today you still get root beer. You can go to, I can walk up to the store right now, which I'm probably going to be doing because I got to go get a couple of other, get a, a couple of other items. And, uh, buy root beer. And uh, there's all kinds of flavors out there. Um, the ones that I'm always seeing right now in the stores is, of course, A&W. There's Barks Root Beer. There's a Spreacher Root Beer. I believe you have to order that. Um, I don't really see that in the store. There's IBC. Uh, Boonenberg is one that I don't see much in the stores, but it's also a European brand of root beer. There's Dad's. There's Virgil's. Stewart's. Um is a it was a really good brand of root beer and of course if you saw it in the uh in my facebook in my, on the facebook video you saw this brand mug root beer and as i said you know uh pepsi coca-cola uh keurig dr pepper and a couple of other companies they all have steaks in root beer but you can still, to this day, still get Hires Root Beer. It is still sold, but only in like limited quantities in the United States. And you can no longer find it, um, from what I can read, you can no longer find it in Canada. So Hires Root Beer is still out there, and I remember drinking it as a kid. But at the end, you know, it's just not as popular as the others, and it's only made in limited quantities. And there you have it. A very short, condensed story of root beer. You know, I've actually had friends make uh, homemade root beer, and it tastes pretty good. And as I said before, there are still a few companies that do still use uh, the original sassafras extract. But I don't think, like I said, I don't think you can officially purchase it in the United States. You might have to order it from another company. Uh, outside of the United States and had brought you know shipped to your home you can't sell it commercially but it'll be a kind of a fun thing to do if it, you know what anybody out there listening 
if the, if you have tried actual root beer with the actual sassafras extract in it, uh, drop me a line, uh, Jedhead Productions at gmail.com. I'll actually put the link in the uh, show notes. And I really want to hear from you. And there we have it, everybody. Hope you all have a good day. Talk to you next time. Hey, I just want to apologize right now for any possible background noise. I am actually recording this closing segment in my car. I just haven't had a lot of time to do it, so uh, really quick, I do apologize for that. But as we do close out um, this episode, I want to just tell you, if you are suffering from any form of depression or feeling suicidal and you just want somebody to talk to, go ahead and call the 988 number that will... uh, There are professionals there that you can talk to, even professional talkers. If you just want to talk, get some stuff out, they're there to help. Also, go and talk to your your preacher, your your doctor, a therapist, somebody, and get help. Also, if you are really feeling you need to go and talk to somebody, but you're afraid to go into an office, there is BetterHelp, Cerebral, and Talkspace. Those are three online services where you can go ahead and seek the treatment that you need. I have used them before. It's wonderful, and you can talk to them in the convenience of your own home. Or if you're like me and you're just on the go running errands for everybody and you're not going to be able to go home and talk, you can you know, go into a, a parking lot somewhere and talk to them over the phone, or you can talk to them through text. It's very easy and convenient. But whatever you do, please, please seek treatment and get the help that you need. Nobody deserves to suffer like that. And with that being said, I want to close out with this verse. Yea, through I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. You, you are with me, your rod and your staff, they come for me. That is Psalms 23, verse 4. Everybody. Have a great day, and until next time.